0: It was an early Monday morning when a flustered founder was sitting in my office waiting for me. It's worth noting that in startup land, Monday, it's often a bad news day. That is usually when a founder or a startup breakdown moment has finally hit the wall. An eruption took place the week before, and after thinking about it over the weekend, everyone's ready to face the issue, or at least one party is ready to go to all-out war over it. This morning, the founder wasn't looking very talkative. When he finally did speak, he simply and softly said while looking down at his shoes, I think I hate my co-founder. What should I do? Oh boy. Well, let's get to that in a minute, my brave founder. First, I need coffee. You see, when you invest in a lot of startups, your job starts to feel like half mentor and half marriage counselor. You are pretty much guaranteed to have at least one company in your portfolio in great distress at all times. In many cases, this is due to a founder conflict, which leads to a founder breakup in the worst cases. This can be catastrophic to any young startup. So naturally, all parties involved want to try and avoid that. But what should you do if you're sitting across the table from your co-founder and you're hating every single moment of it? Let's rant and break it down a bit. A lot of the co-founder conflicts that I see, they start with a dispute over company ownership and compensation. In the beginning, you don't have much, or at least what you have is not worth very much. So you might overpromise or not clearly define the equity structure of the company. This can become a big problem down the road, especially if your company starts to do really well. In that case, the equity value increases, and typically so does the greediness among founders. So it's incredibly important to define the founder ownership structure and document it right from the start. Get everyone papered up and signed instead of just email chains or some loose promises made. Then everyone is on the same page, (laughs) literally, and future conflicts can be avoided mm, for the most part. The ownership of a company is perhaps an easy prerequisite, but let's get into a few other causes of founder drama and a few questions to ask yourself as you try and work through things. First, are your individual roles well-defined and do they avoid any overlap of duties? This is also a really big reason for founder drama in my experience. It's also why founders like to see two co-founders in every startup and Additionally, two founders that kind of balance each other out well. He or she is awesome at design, and the other founder is technically brilliant, for example. One founder builds it and the other founder sells it is another way to look at things. While it is common for founding teams to over-index on the technical side, this can also create a lot of disagreements and a bit of a vacuum in the other areas needed for company building. Furthermore, at the start of most companies, you're sort of in this everyone does everything kind of setup, but as you scale, be sure to get out of that mode. Set super clear duties between the co-founders and areas of ownership within the business. All of this can change as the business develops, but you won't get very far if you're constantly stepping on each other's toes. Next, is the conflict because you're both trying to, quote, be the boss? This is a little different than previously mentioned overlap of duties. When I say be the boss, I mean doing the boss-like things, such as people management, recruiting, perhaps being the public face of the company, and often fundraising. It is typically better if one co-founder spearheads these activities and only brings in the other co-founder sparingly when two heads are needed to solve a challenge. If both parties are trying to be the king or queen, that can be a problem. And if history repeats itself, you might find one part of the nobility getting stabbed in the back as the other tries to take ultimate control. So if your founder relationship looks more like an episode of Game of Thrones, well, you might have a problem. Next question, is one co-founder no longer pulling his or her weight? Oy, this is a tough one, as it can be very subjective, and there might be a myriad of reasons why a co-founder is slacking. We can perhaps break it down into two reasons why this might be happening. One, due to the previous mentioned issues of ownership and duties, things might have become way too nebulous, and a co-founder has, as a result, disengaged. In most cases, this can be corrected with better communication around the main issue hmm, or issues. Two, a co-founder has disengaged because their heart is no longer in it or they have simply burnt out. There's no shame in either of these scenarios as the journey of company building is long and exhausting. If someone's heart is not in it, then they should step aside and stop wasting everyone's time, including their own. In the case of burnout, this one is a bit more tricky. You could argue that if they're burning out in the early stages, there is no chance they will survive scaling the business. At the same time, I think we're now doing better in our industry to address mental health and allowing for the occasional breather. There's really no reason a co-founder can't put their shoulders down for a moment, take a rest, and come back with a whole new energy. As with all things between co-founders, there just needs to be great communication on how that would happen. Final question. When and why did the communication start to break down? Okay, maybe you're seeing a bit of a trend here, but most co-founder issues come down to bad communication. So if your issues are not from what I've just discussed, it's time to do a deep think on where things went wrong. Take some time to peel back the long days and nights of company building and zero in on exactly where did things go wrong. Was there a single issue or a point in time when things got off the rails? Have you too quickly moved past the old issue and now it has remained festering within your co-founder? Or did you avoid the confrontation altogether somewhere? Have an honest look at things, and after that, have an honest conversation with your co-founder. It's time to have a big boy or big girl conversation, as we like to say, and that's not to patronize you as a founder, but let's face it, you're probably pretty young and maybe a little inexperienced when it comes to dealing with complex personnel issues. However, this is part of being a founder, so get used to it. You're gonna have to resolve many conflicts throughout the lifetime of your company. Yeah, it's a tough part of the job, but afterwards you'll feel much better, I promise you that. You'll also be better equipped for the next time an issue like this arises, and trust me, more will come. Let's wrap up this rant on what to do if it's simply too late. The founder relationship is done. If the relationship cannot be salvaged, it's always better to take care of things sooner rather than later time spent with a dysfunctional partnership it's just going to drag down your business much like an anchor worse you're likely to come to the same conclusion down the road anyway so it's better to be done and move on if you have investors and board members get their advice first on how to best handle the situation they are likely to have some personal experience and they are most familiar with the existing team dynamics Also, and since this represents a material change to the business, they should be the first to know. If there's one thing investors really don't like, that is to be surprised. A sudden founder breakup would be the worst possible surprise to give to them. As you move to end the relationship, see if you can work out a civil arrangement with the co-founder who's going to step aside. This will sometimes include vesting their stock options early or repaying any personal loans that they've made to the company. If you are, say, one or two years into the business, the co-founder is really due some thing for his or her contribution. So better to be generous here and keep people happy and avoid a really long and drawn out negotiation. This is another reason why it's super important to define the equity between the co-founders and the vesting really early on. In our industry, we typically like to see a four-year vesting schedule with a one-year cliff and monthly vesting after that. So if a co-founder was there for, let's say, two years, he or she would get 50% of their stock on the way out. But what happens after all this? Well, as the song goes, breaking up is hard to do, and there's likely to be a mourning period for you both. Remember, it's not personal. It's just business. You might hate each other now, but time heals all wounds, even in startup land. As far as what happened to the founder at the start of our story, well, they did none of the things we discussed, and as a result, predictably, there was a founder breakup and eventual shutdown of the business. However, I did notice for their next startup, they decided to be a solo founder. While there's a bit of a startup meme that investors only invest in businesses with two or more founders, regardless, sometimes it might just be better to go on this journey alone.